Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. start working on 2021 episodes soon, but in the meantime, here is a bonus episode with some of the members of ORTLA, the Australian Ukulele Teachers and Leaders Association. I have a chat with two former guests of the podcast, Tom the Pom and Ruth Allen, as well as ORTLA's president, Dan McCohen. They talk about what ORTLA does and how they manage the challenges of 2020 and beyond. Everybody's playing it. I'm going to say welcome ukulele teachers today. <laughs> um, can you all introduce yourselves, please? My name's Tom. Everyone calls me Tom the Pom. I've spent the last 20 years going around schools, delivering workshops uh, in ukulele, drumming and all sorts of things. And the last 10 months having a bit of a panic and working online as best as I can. Um, I'm Ruth Allen and I'm a ukulele teacher and ute group leader in Port Macquarie on the east coast of New South Wales and I have also been having quite the interesting time over the last year and uh, panic which is still rather ongoing given the New South Wales situation. Uh, my name's Dan McCohen. I've uh 20 seems to be a magic number. I've been a, a music teacher in primary schools for 20 years, uh, using the ukulele as a, as a training, teaching uh, music tool, and also uh, lead the school groups. And, uh, and a lot of the parents discovered they were having, their kids were having such a nice time, they started coming and having lessons and having uh, a parent ukulele group as well. Oh, nice. What a good idea. <laughs> it's sweet. So we were all here because Tom suggested we should do, I should do an episode about Autla, A-U-T-L-A. So who wants to jump in and tell me, everyone, what that is? I think we should swing to Glorious Leader for this one, Dan. How delightful. Okay. Autla <laughs> um, uh, has been uh, an up and running uh, concern. I think this is its fifth year, or if not, possibly its sixth. Uh, it was put together by a group of uh passionate ukulele players who had discovered that hey we really enjoy talking about ukulele and teaching ukulele i'm sure there's more people out there we should organize some sort of forum so everyone can meet that that is i I wasn't one of those people but that i think is uh the basis of where it started uh, and then it just grew from there so not only ukulele leaders but also uh, teachers of the ukulele uh, we're a forum to discuss how things are going uh, resource base and um, uh, a bank of ideas we offer uh, education days and regular gatherings at conferences or used to do that um, back in, back in uh, normal times uh, the last uh, 12 months we have been funnily enough doing more 
than we normally do because online a lot more people are available, there's no travel time and uh, we have people from states that have never been involved in Autla suddenly showing up to our online seminars and workshops and um, getting to know other ukulele teachers and leaders. It's uh, been quite tremendous, uh, the uh, amount of networking that's been going on. I showed up late to the party um, uh, for the after three years of operation. I came in on the fourth year and was voted in in president. I wasn't even in the country at the time. <laughs> I woke up in New York to discover that um, I'd been made president of Ortler. So that was very exciting. <laughs> do you get the feeling no one else wanted to do it? I, well, it's like, no, no, no. If, if that was the case, they would have made me treasurer. That's usually how that works. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was nearly treasurer, and that would have been tragic for everybody. <laughs> when was it formed? How long has it been around? Six years now. Okay. So, yeah. And we should just say what Ortler stands for. Ortler is the Australian Ukulele Teachers and Leaders Association, and uh, that name really encompasses the broad groups that we're catering for, because on the one hand, you've got ukulele teachers who are working either in schools or uh, privately and actually teaching music through the ukulele and then there is another section sometimes there's a bit of overlap of community group leaders who are more into the social uh, community music side of things and really the the name reflects that Meredith. Having the teachers and leaders makes a lot of sense because a lot of people do both don't they? Yes, they absolutely do. But uh, the as I as I mentioned, the point really about Ortler is to foster connections between the ukulele teachers and leaders, and also to help promote the importance of ukulele um, as as a music making tool and as a music learning tool, and, and as a community making tool yes, as well. Very much so. And you are all in different geographical places too, aren't you? Aside from COVID, you are anyway. Uh, yes, yes. I'm, I'm in uh, Melbourne myself. I'm in the sunny blue blue mountains of Australia. And I'm up uh, on the east coast in beautiful Port Macquarie. So we've got New South Wales and Victoria here. And you, and you did say that um, last year that that geography started to, to spread. Um, are you in all the states now? Yes, uh, still primarily most of our membership is um, New South Wales based Those, because of COVID and because the lockdown was particularly severe in Victoria we have actually ended up expanding our Victorian membership quite substantially um, as a result of that and, and also uh, we've got people from WA and indeed from Queensland I, think, I don't think we've got any Tasmanian teachers or any Northern Territory teachers at the moment but We, we, we do have some South Australians though We do, yes Yes one big difference that I noticed about how Ortler changed was it started off with a, a bunch of people who had a good idea about how to teach and how to lead. Trying to get the ideas out and be a support for other people who are starting off maybe. And then it just changed immediately with all of us trying to help ourselves get through this next little bit. So I felt a lot less like sitting on top of information that needs to be shared and a lot more like I needed help. And I think that's quite true for a lot of the members that we found it really useful ourselves. So um, there was many conversations about what's the difference between a USB mixer and an, uh, a digital audio interface and what's, what lighting is best and all the conversations around the teaching of the ukulele playing. 
as opposed to the ukulele playing itself, which was invaluable for me at least, I think for a lot of other people too. Mm. Yeah, because when you say that, I hadn't really thought about the lighting aspects because, I mean, for me, Zoom has all been about recording audio, but you've got the video and the audio when you're teaching. Yeah, because we've got to see the difference between the pinky finger on the fourth fret and the ring finger on the third fret. And no, not quite that angle. No, so bring your finger up. No, how do I explain this? One of the worst things, I can see the other people just nodding away. One of the worst things about teaching online is I can't just reach out and just move that thumb just to see. Look, I'm, I'm even gesturing to the screen <laughs> so you can see what I'm doing. I'm pointing at my thumb and I'm shifting it, even though I'm explaining it for a podcast. You can't do that online. And so being involved in a group where you can share those frustrations and people can come up with ideas about, well, have you tried a fisheye lens? So people can see both your hands at the same time. Or have you tried a bit more lighting? Or have you tried not pointing it so much at your face? Because they can hear you. They want to see your hand, maybe. It's been really good. Yeah, that makes sense. If we go back to uh, March when the lockdown began, I think we seem to recall an Auckland committee meeting where we just had our head in our hands and we were sort of saying, well, you know, we won't be doing any professional development days because there won't be any festivals. Um, you know, we, maybe we should just, you know, shut up shop for the foreseeable future. And then we thought, well, actually, no, there has to be a way for to move forward. And one of the things that we can do is actually help ourselves acquire these new skills. So the very first uh, online meeting that we ran involved getting Craig Chi from uh, the States to talk to us about techniques and technologies that could be used and and really helping people make those decisions about audio and video and lighting and so on and so forth because many of us were still at this point getting to uh, to grips with the whole idea of zoom as a concept many of us had not used uh, this sort of technology at all before and then in fact until we discovered it and well, certainly until I discovered it I thought I was going to literally have to stop working because I couldn't see a way forward so that's how we really got started and that's probably where the big increase in the Auckland membership came from because lots of people were in the same boat. Mm. There's lots of information out there about how to deliver online but it wasn't very ukulele specific So you could sit there watching hours of YouTube vids and not get very far, but then you could get in touch with a few other people who have made some trial and error Mm. and get a really good answer really quickly. And the the whole technology side of thing is simply a step beyond where Ortler started in the first place. I'm a a ukulele group leader simply because I, I was a teacher and all my students got to the point where, well, we know how to do it, we want to perform congratulations you're now a group leader (laughs) get us going now teaching i was fine group leading i needed help and there are other group leaders who well i need to teach my group particular skills so that they can do what i want them to do i'm not quite sure how to do the teaching so people were coming from two different angles confident in one but not in the other and that's where we're that's why we're why we're here and then of course 2020 came along and there's this third thing that no one knew what to do and we um we we tried to fill that need i think we have i think we've done a really good job surprisingly yeah so i guess what specifically what 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 things have you learned throughout the year one thing that i learned was and i hope i'm wrong with this but we were all saying when we started off how do we get together and do our big sing-along all together at the same time so we can all hear everybody 
and everyone can play. And it took a few people to say, you can't, don't try. <laughs> and I really hope some people have had more success with it than, than I have. But it was really nice to hear someone else say, just we haven't got that technology just yet. Have one person lead and everyone else strumming along. And then pop over to the next leader and then everyone strum along with them. Yeah, from everyone I've heard, that is the only way to do it. I, I found an enormous boon in... Uh, I don't have large groups in my lessons. Uh, sort of five would be the maximum. But the students who would be the least confident, they've bloomed in this situation because um, someone's leading, everyone else turns their microphones off, and the, uh, the only acceptable... Um, comment at the end of a song is I nailed that so whatever happens <laughs> we turn our mics back on and everyone says I nailed that <laughs> so did they or did they not nail it nobody that knows doesn't matter but they're more likely <laughs> not to the actually point. give it a red hot go yeah. because they know if they make a mistake no one really cares and you can tell that to a room full of people as many times as you want it doesn't matter if you make a mistake Where, but they're still going to be a bit hesitant. Whereas in this format, hey, let's go. Yeah. And they're going to learn more and achieve more because of it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. The flip side of that I found is that when I've been leading a large group, I can, I can get from A to B and then I say, did everyone get that? And I've just got a sea of blank faces. <laughs> Does anyone want me to repeat anything? Sea of blank faces. Can we move on? Sea of blank faces. <laughs> and that right at the end was, oh, that was a, bit, it was a bit quick there, Tom. Oh, was it? Was it? That's interesting. Thanks for sharing that with me now. <laughs> I, I, I've, I, I, as I said, I'm normally small uh, lessons for me, but I've done a number of uh, workshops for online festivals where there were 150 people on the Zoom meeting. There's no way you can see 150 faces while you're doing things. So having the people organising the festival, having a, a moderator looking in comments and saying, oh, by the way, could you have a look at that? It's not a one-person job. Mm. I mean, I've been to festivals where there have been amazing teachers at a workshop and they've just run the room. It's amazing. You can't do that in an online format by yourself. It's a, it's a multi-person task. And the festivals that have organised that they're the winning festivals. I'm glad you've said that because when I've led um, sing-alongs, I've got all my PDFs all lined up ready to go. So I should just escape the screen, click on the PDF, go back, share screen. And it's never worked like that. But I have gone, I don't know why they disappear, but I have gone to other uh, groups online where somebody else is getting the PDF ready and clicks on it and that works really well. I think it really makes a difference if you have someone else doing that. And I, I actually participated in uh, a sing a singing group with Stephen Taberner from the Spooky Men's Chorale, and he had people doing precisely what you've just said, taking over the technology so that he could focus on uh, on the actual group leading and teaching element of it. And I think that makes a huge difference. The other thing I found right at the outset was. I thought that I would just take what I was doing and translate it to the online world. So, for example, my um, Wednesday evening group used to have um, you know, 20 to 30 people turn up and we would play and sing some songs and I would find what I called teachable moments in those songs uh, and people would learn to play different parts. There'd be a picking side of things and there'd be some riffs and... 
some different strumming patterns then we'd all get on with it and it would would make this joyous noise at the end and I quickly realized that obviously I was only one person and I couldn't pick strum sing uh, and do the riffs all by myself simultaneously so uh, that obviously had to change and the other thing that I found really really distressing was the total lack of feedback from people because you can see faces but in order to make it work you have to have them have their sound muted so basically I was sitting in my study playing the ukulele by myself and that was it you know just no feedback whatsoever and I found it absolutely soul destroying Mm. to try and do it that way and very quickly a few people said oh this isn't working for us we don't like the fact that um it's just us at home in our rooms and 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 they you know they they didn't like that they just didn't like it they said well if we're going to just strum along we might as well strum along to a youtube video fair enough i kind of get that did you find a, a resolution to that oh yeah absolutely because what I realised was that the, and, and Tom touched on this earlier, is that what some people wanted to do was really to learn new things. So while there was a cohort of people saying, this isn't for me, I really just want to sing and strum, the people who were interested in acquiring some technique and, and developing skills were turning around to me and saying, hey, it's really great that I can see your fingers in such detail rather than being sat at the back of the room. Or they would be saying, it's really great that I can practice these things while the rest of the group or while you're playing and not feel embarrassed. And, and as an aside to that, the great thing is that it, it, uh, it removes the twiddling that goes on. You know, when you're running a group, and when you're teaching, <laughs> you're, you're de- you demonstrate something. And before you've even finished demonstrating it, somebody started to twiddle away, which means half of the others can't hear. And in this scenario, people can twiddle away to their heart's content, so much so that when I finally got back to running some face-to-face groups, the first thing I said to them was, gosh, I wish there was a mute button for you, (laughs) Lotta. Yeah, that's that's been brilliant just to be able to say, here's the thing, right, you've now got two and a half minutes, off you go. And then just be able to sit back and everyone can do their own thing. That's been really nice. Mm. Oh, it, it, it has been lovely. I mean, as a primary school teacher, I've been, I have, you know, a decade of sitting in a room full of, you know, grade threes, all of them holding a ukulele. Um, and anyone holding a music instrument wants to play with it. That's Word. fine. Ten years, I mean, ten years before that, they were holding recorders. And that's when I nearly lost my mind. So sitting in a room full of ukuleles plinking. That's that's heaven. That's fine. But suddenly we're online and you don't have to listen to it at all. <gasps> what joyousness that was. <laughs> there's pros and cons to everything. Mm. And there's pros to working online and cons and the same in the flesh. I mean, I can get my fingers with the fretboard so close that you can see that I really need to do my fingernails because I was gardening this morning. <laughs> and you just can't do that in the flesh because it's weird if you go up to somebody eight inches from their face and say, look at this. There's pros and cons to everything. We just had to swim around until we found enough pros because the cons make themselves very, very seen very quickly. Mm. But there were enough pros to just keep it going. And um, when we go back to the real world, there are things I'll miss. As we're opening up, I'm definitely going to keep teaching online. There's one student I've got who lives 
10 minutes away. And when the COVID business kicked off, we thought it would be sensible to go outside. But then we thought it was probably more sensible to do it online. And we're still doing it online, even though he lives 10 minutes away, and even though we can meet and he can come into my house. Just because it's just so easy. I send him an invite. He clicks. Yes. We do a lesson. I say, good day, mate. And then he goes. And then it's done. So I think... um, as this all clears up, there's going to be some aspects of the online world that we will miss if it go back to the real world and some that we're just going to keep hold of. Yeah, well, that was actually going to be my next question to all of you is, you know, how does this going to, how is 2020 going to affect the way you teach um, and lead going forward? Well, and, and learn. and learn. I mean, I, I've been doing lessons from people overseas. It's, it's, the world is a much smaller place. Now, I've got a student in England. Yeah, I think that's that's the the great thing has been the ability to expand and to change. I think you know there's a there's a risk at the moment that we sort of think, oh, you know, it's all going to get better quickly. I mean, I, I kind of thought that before Christmas. All of a sudden, before Christmas, in New South Wales, the restrictions were relaxed such that we could go back to having indoor music performances and rehearsals with up to uh, I think it was up to 50 people Um, and now we can't now we're back to only being able to have five people running a performance but the uh, the suggestion and it's not really clear whether it's just a recommendation or whether it's actually a ruling and part of the public health order they're now saying we're back to only five people singing indoors and ideally they shouldn't be indoors at all they should be outdoors so the thing for me has had to be to learn to be incredibly resilient and incredibly adaptable and really very nimble because things change all the time. And so I don't know what things are going to be like at the beginning of February. Right now I'm, I'm, t- I'm taking a break until the beginning of February just to see how things pan out because it's just moving a bit too quickly at the moment. But those people who have survived have survived through being adaptable, I think, don't you? Absolutely. And, and Tom mentioned the phrase, when this is over, that promise of, of a future has what, is what has kept the students that I have going. The, the, as you say, Ruth, the Hummond Street, we're here for the social. Mm. There isn't social, so that they're gone. But the students that have gone on, my students who, who've stayed on are so more further advanced than they would have normally they're going to absolutely love when we go back to normal. Mm. But if anyone said, ah, oh, no, this is, this is the new normal, it's always going to be like this forever, I don't think there'd be many people picking up a new instrument for anything. I think we'd all be just picking up another gin and tonic instead. <laughs> um, Actually, I would disagree with that, dude, because if it gets worse before it gets better... And, uh, you know, science is sciencing as hard as science can possibly science right now. So let's not lose hope. Mm. I think oh, a yeah. lot of people who are staying at home are having a strum. They're loving it. It's a, what a brilliant thing to do on your own. If, if, you, if the options are limited. Oh. Sorry, absolutely. It's, it's the, it was the dream of that soon, one day, we'll all get together and, and play. That, that has been... Uh, a goal out the front of people and we've we've had these conversations i think there's been a bit of um I've got to choose my words kindly here 
you know some people go to ukulele groups because they want to play the ukulele and get better and learn a skill and, and achieve and some people mm-hmm. go there oh, because yeah. they want to have a bit of a chin wag yeah. and something to do I think there's been a, a bit of a, a separation a bit of a filtering very much so I agree because the people who want to play are having a lovely time because they've got to stay in tonight so they've got nothing better to do than do some scales so my playing's gone through the roof I'm a heaps better player than I was this time last year yeah. But then again, I can imagine lots of people who turned up because it's a great way of seeing Francine and Dave once a week. Um, they're probably not playing so much ukulele. And I think for many people, going to a ukulele group was a bit like going to a self-accompanied choir. Yeah. And those people might actually have been better off just joining a community choir for all the playing that they were really doing. But then, of course, they can't do that either. So, And this is this is the real issue I think for many musicians is that what's holding it back is that we are not allowed to sing. We are not allowed to sing in large groups indoors, particularly in New South Wales, because of the risks of transmission. And I, I, I find that devastating. I belonged to and worked with some choirs, including a pub choir. And uh, oh, it's, it's, it's desperate. I, you know, I want to be able to get out there and, and sing collectively with other people as well as simply playing just another slightly off topic question tom and ruth blue mountains ukulele festival either of you planning to do that one because i actually signed up to go and then a few weeks ago i just thought (laughs) no i am playing at the blue mountains ukulele festival and they have already sent out a big blurb about you've got to be feeling well, you've got to have your temperature taken you've got to wear a mask we're only having this many people um, they're cleaning the stage uh, between acts. I think they're changing the microphone pop shields. Yep. So new artist, yep. new pop shield. Um, yes, yes, I am. I'm super looking forward to it because I haven't had a chance to show off in the flesh for ages. <laughs> I was so looking forward to going, but we just because I'm in Canberra, and especially after the thing happened in Brisbane recently, we just thought, what happens if we get there on Friday? On Saturday, they say, "Uh uh-oh, you know, it's back, and we're stuck for two weeks. And I just thought, I cannot risk it. A friend who's an absolutely gun trumpet player, not that it's got anything to do with anything, but he's really, really good. He he came to see his family. He drove from Melbourne to the Central Coast, saw his sister, stayed overnight, heard the news, drove from the Central Coast back to Melbourne just because of the borders. Wow. Yeah. When is which, which month is the Blue Mountains happening? February. 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 Okay. I mean, hats off to the Blue Mountains organisers. They've worked really hard to uh, put together a format that can still work. And my understanding is they've actually sold out. They were only going to have 500 uh, people on site, including all the volunteers and all the performers. They're having a maximum, I think, of five performers on stage yep. because that's the, you know, the, them's the rules. And, it, and on some of their stages, they won't be able to have that many because they can't get the physical distance between them. So they've done a really good job in pulling that together. How well it works will be interesting to see because a lot of the point really in the past about the Blue Mountains Festival has been that collective gathering and lots of people singing and strumming along, playing together. But, you know, I'm, I'm delighted for them that they've, that they've managed to find a format and I wish them every success. You can't fault them for putting the yards in, for putting this festival on. 
No. Oh no, the, the the preparation's been amazing, and and you know, I, and actually, there are, I have some other friends from Canberra who are still going. Um, they they then they're more comfortable. And look, yeah, they've done all of the right things. I, I, I'm really impressed what they've done, and anything that happened wouldn't be their fault. It's just more that if suddenly you know ACT says no, nah, um, Greater Sydney's a hotspot. I'm in trouble. Yeah, I, I organised the Hills Ukulele Festival in May in Melbourne. Um, we're actually planning on doing an, an online. Uh, event instead of a live one uh, however all the planning going into that is by April if suddenly vaccinations are working and things are opening we will flip to actually let's do this live but the to do to organize a live event and then have something terrible happen and we have to close it off that would make my brain explode but to plan it as an online event and then change it that's doable yeah. and the other thing is we've I've, I've made so many um overseas contacts i've got school groups from hawaii from indonesia from pennsylvania they're going to be sending in a video of themselves playing and it's going to be very much an international feel uh, event anyway so nice. it's it still will be a fascinating uh event whether it's in, in the flesh or or online I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it one of the things that Ortler has um, had to do going forward, I mean, we always used to go and run two to three large professional development events around the bigger festivals, for example, Blue Mountains, the Brisbane and Newcastle Ukulele, Fest- uh, Ukulele Festival, the Ukulele Festival. They run uh, generally in uh, alternate years they're not going to happen they're probably not going to happen in 2021 so we've been thinking well what should we do let's carry on with our online format but we're at the moment starting to work on an Ortler run ukulele online festival as well in a fairly low-key way to start with because that's a good going to be a good way of getting people galvanized retaining those networks but this time not just for ukulele teachers and leaders but also for ukulele players i'll be keen on getting involved in that tom you mentioned earlier about the uh how you because you're quite a physical teacher and you know you you do like to come up and go no no move your finger and you know i've been at the receiving end of you grabbing my finger and moving it up the fretboard gently coaxing your finger up the fretboard not grabbing your finger <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a gentleman <laughs> yeah one man's grab is another person's coax so you're making me sound like a sex pest <laughs> you never you never could do that before you're making really? me sound like a sex oh. pest for helping someone play the ukulele <laughs> the cat fits mate so no honestly uh, i'd like to say now to my lawyers and everybody else that tom harding is absolutely not a sex pest. Really. no he really isn't can oh, i too finish little, too my point though? what you've done is so, this character assassination no so meredith can cut oh no i'm keeping this in <laughs> yeah tom does this and he's got a bad hair day today as well look yeah your, your hair is quite entertaining today yeah I was wearing a hat when I was gardening, and um, it's a kiss of death. <laughs> so, my point being is you can't touch anybody. You can't touch anybody. <laughs> Stop it! You can't touch anybody's hands anymore. The other day I was actually at a, a face-to-face group situation, and I could see someone's finger was on the second fret of the G string when it should have been on the second fret of the C string, 
and I kept saying, move your third finger from the second fret of the G string to the second fret of the C string. And that was too many instructions for this poor person. In the past, I would have gently picked up their finger, just like Tom does, gently picked up their finger and moved it from string to string. No touching. You can't go, you can't touch yeah. people. Life lessons there, Ruth, life lessons. So different people learn in different ways. And this online business has been really good for people who can listen to sentence after sentence after sentence. But it hasn't been so good for people who need to observe in 3D. And I've found that just the tiniest lag between the audio and the visual can really spook people about the strumming. And as teachers, it's really weird to try and get our head into into the learner going what sort of learner do you want what sort of style teaching do you pick up on because now i'm a bit more limited that's been testing you're not just teaching ukulele skills you are also teaching zoom skills i mean the the number of students i've had who sit here with ukulele going and you can't see a damn thing that they're doing because it's not in the camera shot and you need to train them to no lift it up let's let's see what you're doing so you, you are teaching more than just ukulele. And I love the way you just said we're teaching Zoom skills. And as you said Zoom, you went off mic. <laughs> there you go, did we? Yeah, you did a little. Because you were leaning down you to saying? get the uke. <laughs> yeah, just for that one second you went off mic and it just dipped a little bit. It was and perfect. I perfect. Yeah, yeah, I like it, yeah. One of the things I did for my groups and my individual students was to put together a sheet which was how to use Zoom and covering exactly those issues. Make sure that both of your hands are in shot. Make sure that the lighting isn't from behind you because otherwise I can't see your hands. Um, Make sure that you've got the latest version of Zoom on your computer because otherwise things won't go right you know and the amount of time that you spend ah, fiddling with what about the now now you see that mic in the bottom left yeah you see that arrow right click on the arrow now click on audio and now click on suppress background yeah no it's there right now are you clicking on the arrow no you're clicking on the mic that's why it's coming in and out right yeah that's going to mute you i'm talking about the arrow next to the mic <laughs> that's where a second Stop. camera came in very useful you could point it at your own screen and and show them where the mouse was yeah, that's why. That's why a Zoom, uh, not Zoom, uh, a webcam can be really useful. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So there you go. We um, we've all learned to do things that we perhaps didn't know how to do before. My computer skills have probably accelerated as fast as my ukulele skills over this year. I've, I learned how to play bass, and uh, edit movies, and use BandLab and Audacity. So it's it's. I'm a much better teacher than I was twelve months ago. And also, it's given us the ability to uh, just let the, the learner assume that we're wearing pants. <laughs> I make no assumptions. I guess that you, you have met Tom, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going back to... No. <laughs> Get back to the sex pest business, was it? Hello, and welcome to Character Assassinations. On this week, we've got Tom the Pom. This seems to be a theme. Well, you're one to talk, Dan. You've got a bed, it, bed behind you. <laughs> yeah, that's a point. That's a bloody point as well. Well, my, my, my daughter moved in with her boyfriend just at the end of February last year, which meant there was a free room. Both, both my wife and I are teachers and we were teaching online. And I don't think we would have stayed married if we were in the same study together, both trying to teach a class, particularly since she's a year 12 chemistry teacher and I'm a music teacher. Um, we, we would not have survived as a, as a married couple. 
um, doing 12 months of that. And, oh, just, uh, it's our 25th wedding anniversary this Wednesday, so. Great. Love you, hun. There we go. <laughs> um, we wouldn't have got, got to the party. Um, so, yeah, so I, I got the room. She thinks it's still her room. Um, it's not. Now, I, I'm not wearing one at the moment, but Ruth can attest. Normally when you see me, I am wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Um, guess what's in that cupboard just there? Ah, uh, many Hawaiian shirts. Oh, we're going to see. <laughs> this is ex- excellent podcasting right here, isn't it? <laughs> Really good radio technique. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see many Hawaiian shirts in there. Should I do some audio captions? <laughs> Dan, that was just one door opening. Oh, Dan okay. And that was the... All right. the door. Yeah. Dan is showing us his shirts. The shirts are very colourful. <laughs> That's right, Tom. We're not going to forget we were picking on you before, though. Stop picking on me. <laughs> yeah, eat it, Dan. <laughs> Meredith, have you got any more questions? No, I think that's all my questions, unless you have anything else pressing that we haven't talked about. Oh, by the way, listeners, if you wanted to get involved in Ortler, there's probably uh, a position as treasurer if you want it. It's yours for the taking. No, but but dear listener, if you want to get involved in Ortler, please do get in touch. Um, the website's there. It's org. Ortler.org.au. Oh, apologies. And uh, we're, we're active on Facebook. Do get in touch because that's exactly what we're here for. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to help out if we can. We want your suggestions and we want your input as well. We want your help. So get involved. Say hello. Say good day. Give us your ideas. Give us your problems. And we'll see what we can do. I mean, we, we are obviously directed towards leaders and and teachers but if you're a ukulele player with a question of are there any local teachers around me we're also quite helpful there as well that's the one question we can be helpful for for non-leaders and teachers but it's a really good question so we're happy to help do you know what if you're a ukulele player and you've got a question shoot it anyway because one of us will have a red hot go at answering it because we don't half love ukuleles (laughs) this is true (laughs) We really can. You'll get an opinion from at least one of us, I am sure. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much. It's been it's been fun. Thanks for your time, Meredith. Yes, thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Have a look at TomThePom.com if you're bored. That'd be nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shameless self promotion is the name of the game, Ruth. It is. It totally is. Thanks for having us. Take take care and keep strumming, Australia and the world. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Janine Chandler, Jim Croft, Jasmine Fellows, Paul Marsh, Sandra Shaw and Chris Williams. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want to know more about Ortler, visit their website at ortler.org.au. If you're a ukulele teacher or leader outside Australia, see if you can find something similar in your area, or if you can't, perhaps you can start your own. Go on, live dangerously. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell your friends. I'll be back with my 2021 season of episodes sometime in March. Until then, stay safe and keep strumming.
Ask all the players at home and abroad Why they play the ukulele, how it's changed their world They have so many reasons, but in the end it's because Ukulele is the new black Yeah, it's the new black Everybody's playing it Cause it's the new black I'm going to sneeze and it's going to come through on about four different <laughs> digital devices. That's right. Just, to, just get it out of the way. You're going to have to edit it out of many different spots. It's what the mute button's for, Tom, like on the radio. Yeah, but I've, got, I've got to mute my phone. I've got to mute Audacity. Oh, okay. I've got to no, mute just, Zoom. Just, just, just sneeze. Get on I can't. It's, it's a, oh, no, it won't it's, come, will it? I'm shy. <laughs> Leave me alone.